1: good evening come on let's give Jesus a praise how about that come on don't you love the Lord are you guys excited tonight Wow you guys sound like you came to receive something from God you sound like you came to worship and I believe there's enough faith in this room for anybody to be healed anybody to be delivered anybody to be set free come on you believe that tonight how many of you love your pastors? How many of you love your pastors?'t? They? They're amazing. They're amazing. They're a blessing. They're a gift from God. They are a gift. And uh, I often say that, you know, pastors are God's gift to the church, but the church is God's gift to the world. So the next somebody says, "Well, who do you think you are God's gift to the world?" Say, "Well yeah, actually, I do think I'm God's gift to the world. But they are God's gift to you. And God could have placed them anywhere, anywhere, but God gave them to you. And every morning you ought to wake up and blow God a kiss and thank Him for it. Can I get an amen about it? And I want to I pray a blessing over them. Would you guys just stretch forth your hand to your, to your pastors? We're going to pray over them. Father, right, right now in Jesus' name, we just declare blessing upon them, continued favor upon them. Father, we ask for a international voice and an international anointing to be upon them, God, and Lord, every lie of the enemy, every voice of the enemy that has come against them to discourage them, we put it under our feet right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would bless them. Father, that all their debt would be paid off. Lord, that they would walk in supernatural favor. Lord, we just declare right now complete health over their bodies over their minds and the prophecies, Lord, that were spoken over them when they were just children, God, that they would come to fruition. Lord, you're not a man that you should lie nor the son of man that you should repent, Bless their children. Let all their children grow up and be involved in the ministry. Lord, at multiple levels, I believe they're all gonna grow up and be multimillionaires. They're gonna bless them. They're gonna pay, Dad, go buy another house. We're gonna pay it off for you in Jesus' name. And Father, I just proclaim right now favor and wisdom and creativity. Give them the, the support, the staff, the help that they need, that they will never be alone. I declare unity in this house in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Some good-looking people out here tonight. And uh, they have blessed us. They've put us up and fed us. I hadn't lost an ounce. Probably gained weight on this trip. But they gave me a banana split today that was this big. And it was a reminder of how much Jesus loves us. And it was just fantastic, so I'm excited to be here with you tonight, and uh, my amazing wife is here, Pastor Joanne. Give her a big God bless you, I'm so glad she's here. And uh, you know, this is a great church, this is an amazing church. We follow you guys, Uh, people around the nation follow what God is doing here, the move of God here, and this is a great church full of grace and truth. You need both. Because grace lets you belong, but only truth sets you free. So it's, not good, it's no good to have a church where you got a bunch of people in and if everybody's bound, if, if you just have a belong culture and you don't have a truth culture. You also got to tell people the truth. Can I get an amen on it? You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And it's amazing to have a, a church like this that, that preaches grace and truth, and I'm, I'm just so glad to be here. God's given me a word for you guys, and I just wanna share my family. They have a picture of my family that they're gonna put up, and uh, we do have eight children. There they are, it's amazing. This is, um, this is Alexander over here on the left. He's uh, 15, and then we have Nicholas on the right. He's 13, and then we have Isabella on my left. She is um, 10. And then Penelope is eight, nine. And then uh, Victoria is six. And then Liliana in the middle, it's my baby girl, she's three. And then um, uh, the twins, Augustine and Winston, they're um, That's their names. I'm gonna learn their ages later, but that's their names. And uh, one step at a time. But she is definitely going to heaven. Pastor Joanne's going to heaven no matter what. She's going. And uh, let's jump into this today. Everybody lift one hand, let's declare it, say, in Jesus' name, I believe a word is gonna change my life. There's an anointing on my life to be a world changer. In Jesus' name, amen. If you believe it, give God a praise right now all over the house. Now turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor and say, I prophesy. Come on, you got to say it. Say, I prophesy. You're going to lose 10 pounds before this service is over today. Somebody say, That's a word from God. I received that word. Yeah, all these kids that that are up here. I mean, it's 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 awesome. We love having a big family. How many of you love your family, right? You love your family, your, your spouse, your children. Having a big family is is awesome. No matter what size of your family, it's great. But, but you do need those moments that you can get away. You need those moments that you can get your soul restored and I, I love those moments that I've been able to get away with your uh, amazing pastor and some of our other friends for prayer retreats and, and, and you know, the last one we went on, I needed it so bad, you know. I. I just, it wasn't that I didn't want to be in, in ministry anymore. It wasn't that I didn't want to pastor. It's just with everything we had gone through with COVID and all the challenges that we had dealt with in Minnesota and, and just, you know, twins and all those kind of things that, that that we're just dealing with. You know, I just needed some some time to get away because I needed my soul to be restored. Psalms 23 and 3 says that he restoreth my soul. Anybody know what it's like to just need to have your soul restored? It's not that you don't love the Lord, it's not that you don't love God's house, it's not that you're not willing to volunteer and to serve and all those things, but sometimes you just need your soul to be restored, especially if you have kids, all the parents say amen, especially because kids want to own your soul. They literally want to own your soul. They they literally want to own every minute of the day, that's what what KID stands for. KID stands for Keeping Intimacy at a Distance Successfully. That's what KID stands for, it's an acronym. And uh, you know, my my wife and I, we just said, you know, we've gotta make time to get away and, and we do. You know, we're here without the kids, they're grandmoms, and we make that time because we have a marriage first family, not a kids first family. We, we, we have a marriage first. It's gotta be the marriage first. Come on, mama, say amen out there. It's gotta be a marriage first. And uh, you need the family of God. You're, you're never going to become what God has called you to be alone. You, you, you need the family of God. You need the church. You know, the church is not you know, just some random idea. The church is God's idea. You know, when you think about the things that, that Jesus is building, Jesus is building one thing, the church, the church. If you wanna know how important it is, it's very important. It's the only project Jesus has. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How many, how many of you believe in building the local church? Come on, the local church is the hope of the world. And uh, you know, it's, it's challenging because with all the things that are happening in our lives right now and and with, with how busy life can get, and marriage can get, and, and parenting can get, and I, I get it. The, the Mayo Clinic says that the average family, uh, this was shocking, spends 90 seconds together a day. 90 seconds, in a room, talking together. Nobody's on their phones, Like not just in the house, but they are together. It's funny, we can leave church and go to lunch, and we're all at the restaurant on our phones. We're alone together. And and it's shocking how, how quickly we can move away from really engaging our family and engaging our spouses and spending time together. And I get it, it can be hard. Parenting can be challenging. Disciplining can be. Sometimes I feel like I'm a small time mob boss, honestly. Just, you know. You better do what I said because it would be terrible if something was to happen to Mr. Teddy. If he was to just like disappear or something, you know, it's just like threatening in order to get them to behave and and, and disciplining them and, and it is challenging, just coming in the house. Coming in the house, it's like I have to hold a press conference every time I come in the house. <laughs> yes, Alexander, no, we're not doing that. I told you. Yes, Nicholas, I answered that last week. Yes, Penelope, no, I said that on Thursday. Yes, Victoria, no, I'll come back to that question. Yes, but it's literally a press conference. Come on, parents, are you with me? It's like every time you come in the house, you gotta host a press conference, and um, and it is challenging. It is difficult. You know, I, I look at people who, who aren't, you know, married. And like, oh, we want to get married. We want to get married. I'm like, get married. Go on. Go on. Oh, we want to have kids. We want to have. We want to have kids. Have them. See how much fun it is. Go on. You look at young adults and like, oh, we're going to dinner. And they're like, do you wanna come? I'm like, no, we don't wanna go because it's not gonna the same experience. You're going to dinner, you're gonna sit at a table, you're gonna talk, you're gonna have conversations, <laughs> people are gonna bring you food, you're gonna wipe your mouth, it's gonna be an enjoyable experience. That's not the same experience for us. People are going to throw food, they're going to drop things, they're going to poop in their pants, they're going to <gasps> <school> throw up, gag, scream. It is not the same experience. <inaudible> we're not going. To. And, um, you know, it's, it's just different. It's windy out here. It's like Minnesota, you know, people get on the boats. We got a lot of lakes in Minnesota, and people get on the boat, and they don't put a windbreaker on or anything, and then they get out there and it's like, man, it's so cold. It's like, yeah, because it's windy out here. You know, you didn't notice it on the shore, because there's nothing to block the wind. And it's funny, because people, you know, they, they say, oh, I want to get married, and then they get married, and it's like, they call me, are like, pastor, it's windy out here. I'm like, I know. They have kids and then they're like, call me like, it's windy out here. I'm like, I know, right. It's windy. It's challenging. But learning learning to be a servant in your house, learning to be a servant, learning how to model servanthood, learning how to be Christ and make that time to pray, make that time to engage your family, make that time to learn to just be honest with your spouse. Because until you're honest, the Lord cannot free you. A lot of people and, 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 and people argue in their marriage and they go back and forth down the crazy cycle. Well, you did this, well, you did that. Well, why didn't you do, well, you, you did. You just gotta learn to be honest. Pastor Joanne and I have just learned to be honest with each other. We're we just we're just honest. She'll come to me and say, why, why can't, why do you leave this much milk left in the milk container? Why, why would you do that? I, I don't know, I think. If I drink it all, I feel like a slob. So if I leave a little, then I don't feel as guilty and I leave it for the next person to have to throw it away. I don't know what's wrong with me, I have a problem. I need you to pray for me. She'll come to me and say, why do you, you're 42 years old, why can't you change the toilet paper holder in the is it too difficult? Do you not know how to do it? Is, why, what, at what age are you going to learn to change? What is it? Are you scared of it? Are you? Is, what is wrong that you can't change? And, and I'll say, I, I don't know. I think I'm too lazy to get up and go into the utility room and get an extra roll. So if I leave just a little bit, it's somebody else's problem when they show up and they have to do it. I have a problem, I need you to pray for me. Pray for me, pray for me. And when you can just learn to be honest and quit just apologizing. See, the only acceptable form of apology is change. I'll go to my wife and I'll say, I'm sorry. She's like, you don't ever have to be sorry. In fact, you could never be sorry again. I just need you to change. And I'll say, well, can I just be sorry? Because being sorry, it's so much easier just to be sorry. See, because you can be sorry without God, but you can't change without God. And the only acceptable form of apology is change. Can I get an amen on that? And we've all made mistakes. We've all blown it at some point or other. You know, I listen to people. They talk about their parents and what they didn't do right. I think you wait till your kids grow up and talk about what you didn't do. Because we've all made mistakes. I remember it was our first. Am I boring you? I don't want to bore you. I remember our first. Um, we had one child, and uh, we we had Alexander. And my family's from the Bahamas, and so we had we had flown down to uh, Orlando, and we were getting on this little what, little prop plane, little puddle jumper plane, to take over to Nassau. And so we get down there on the the runway, and we got you know we got we're first time parents. We got all this stuff you don't need, but you don't know you don't need. You got wipe warmers and all this nonsense, bags of stuff, and, and so we get down there, and she goes, I gotta go to the restroom, and, uh, and I said, oh, okay, and so, um, you know, I said, I'll go ahead and give him everything in the plane, so I gave him the carry-ons, the diaper bags, you know, fold the stroller up and everything, and she comes back and she goes, where's Alexander? And I said, you have Alexander? And she goes, I don't have Alexander! Oh my gosh, you folded him up in the stroller. And I did. I didn't know he was in there. And it was like an Eddie Bauer canopy thing. And you just, I thought she had him. And I just turned it. And they were getting ready to put him under the plane. And people were looking at us like this. This kid's not going to make it with this family. So we've all made mistakes. And I've learned in life, I cannot be a, I cannot always be a perfect dad. But I can be a present dad. I can be present. Why I'm not an absentee father, you don't have to leave home to be absent. You, you can be right in the living room and be absent. You can be in the car and be absent. You can be right in the kitchen and be absent. And we're not gonna be perfect, but, but, we, but we can be present. And, 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 uh, and engage our children. And it does take time, I understand it, it does take time. And grandparents are so important. I think so many times grandparents get pushed aside when it comes to the family. How many grandparents do we have here? Come on, raise your hand if you're a grandparent. Do you know that, do you know it's a statistical fact that if a young person has a healthy relationship with a grandparent, they have almost a zero percent chance of suicide? Almost a 0% chance. Do you know why that is? Because grandparents are unconditional love. That's why when you get your kids back from your grandparents, you have to re educate them. Because grandparents are unconditional love. I want all the grandparents just to stand, if you can. Just stand if you can. I want all the grandparents to stand. You're here, your grandparents. Now, I want, I want everybody just to stretch your hand towards them. Stretch your hand towards one of these grandparents. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I just bless them. I pronounce a blessing upon them that everything they put their hands to would prosper. I speak health into their bodies. I speak health into their minds. And, and Lord, I thank you for the legacy that they have. I declare right now and prophesy that their words of influence in their homes and their families will continue to grow. I prophesy that the best days of their life are in front of them and not behind them, says the Lord. That you are called and anointed for such a time as this, that all of your children... All of your grandchildren will spend eternity in heaven with you. In Jesus' name, if you believe it, say amen. Give God a big praise right now for all our grandparents. Come on, if you believe that, say, I received that for my life. I like this swivel thing. It's like a lazy Susan up here. It's like, what do you want to preach on? What do you want to eat? And you just realize that you're gonna make mistakes, but none of us wanna be judged by the worst moments of our life. Who wants the worst moment of their life to be pulled out and be judged on it? Raw eggs taste bad by themselves. So does flour, so does baking powder. But when you mix it all together, it can create something wonderful. Come on, none of us wanna be judged by, you you can't look at somebody and pull that one moment out and judge somebody by that one moment, but you've gotta add it to the full circumference of their life. It's like Peter, Peter also, like Judas, Peter also betrayed the Lord. He betrayed the Lord just like Judas. Judas betrayed the Lord, but when Judas betrayed the Lord, he stopped. He committed suicide, and in doing so, built a monument to his mistake. And he's known as the man that betrayed the Lord. See, if you make a mistake, if you stop at that mistake, you'll build a monument to it. Peter also betrayed the Lord, but he kept going. And what was once the book of his life, he betrayed the Lord because he didn't stop. He was there at the day of Pentecost. He was there with Jesus raised from the dead. Jesus raises from the dead and mentions Peter by name. If Jesus raises from the dead and gives you, that's the ultimate shout out. There is no better shout out than Jesus raising from the dead and calling you by name. He says, go tell my disciples and Peter to meet me. So, so what was once the book of his life, I betrayed the Lord because he didn't stop move from the book to the chapter to the paragraph, to the sentence, it is now just a part of his narrative. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying if you have going through something right now, you went through a heartache, you went through a, a problem, you went through a challenge, you went through a divorce, you went through a crisis in your life, if you stop, you will build a monument to it. But if you keep going, what, was, what, it, what you think is the book of your life, what you think defines your life, I'm telling you, if you keep going, it will move from the book to the chapter to the paragraph to the sentence, and it will just become a part of your narrative, and you learn that all things, God, help me, all things, not just the good things, but all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. All things work together. Somebody say all things. All things things work together. Just because you fall doesn't mean your, your life is over. Falling's a part of the process in learning to walk. I have eight kids. All of them have fallen multiple times while learning to walk and never once thought walking's not for me. Because, you see, in church, we get it it backwards. We don't realize that falling's a part of the process of learning to walk. You know, it would be like my daughter, Liliana, when she falls. I say, you know what, Liliana, you're not serious about walking. And when you decide to get serious, you let me know. And until you get serious, you sit there and think about, well, I wouldn't do that. What would I do? Come on, get back up. Come on, you can do it. Get back up. You can do it. Get back up. Get back up. Get back up. What does the Bible say? A righteous man falls down how many times? But he rises again. It's not a matter of how many times you fall. It's how many times do you get back up. A man's greatness is not determined by by just what he does. It's, It's really determined by what it takes to discourage him. What does it take to discourage you? And aren't you glad to be a part of a church like this that says you can get back up again? Come on, if you've made a mistake, you can get back up. If you've blown it, you can get back up. If you totally wasted the grace of God, you can get back up again today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Am I helping anybody? And realize that whatever God has done in your life, is a part of your story. It's a part of your testimony. Because when God heals you, he leaves the medicine inside of you to heal someone else. That's one of the ways you know what you're called to heal is what God's healed you of. You see, if, if you go through or when you go through a crisis or a challenge or a difficulty, I grew up without a father. I grew up without a mother. I was raped. I was molested. I was abused. I was divorced. I was ostracized, alienated. Whatever it is that you went through, you will forever feel victimized you will always feel victimized if you cover your scar. You see, because Jesus will heal the wound, but he won't heal the scar. See, we, we, we don't wanna show our scars. We cover, we wear clothing over our scars. We put makeup over a scars because we don't want anybody to know we've gone through anything. See, if Hollywood ever needs some actors, I know some places that they can get some well-trained, experienced, qualified, Actors, because the church can become professional at pretending. And we don't want anybody to know what we've gone through or anything, and you will forever feel victimized, and you won't know why God lets you go through what you went through if you cover your scar. But the moment you show your scar, and somebody can see, oh, you went through that and you made it, then that gives me hope that I can make it too. And now you you turn misery into ministry and pain into praise. Oh gosh. You see, the Bible says when we see Jesus, we will know him by the nail prints in his hands, that, that the Father healed Jesus' his wound, but he didn't heal his scars. And if our Savior's willing to be identified by his scars, then maybe we should be willing to be identified by ours. It is the stripes upon his back are for our healing. And if we are healed by the scars on Jesus, could somebody get healed by seeing the scars on, oh Lord. If we will show our scars and what we've gone through and what we've been through, you are a living, breathing testimony to the grace of God. And you will forever feel victimized until you show your scars. And now you realize why God lets you go through what you went through. It was for somebody else's healing. Is somebody getting some out of this? Say Amen. <laughs> My Lord, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. Turn to somebody right now and say, I prophesy. You're gonna pay my house off in Jesus' name. You're gonna pay it off. You see, you gotta learn how to minister from your scars and not your open wounds. A lot of people try to minister from open wounds, you can't do it, you gotta minister from your scars. And one of the ways you can you allow God to heal it and how you know it's a scar and not, not an open wound is you can touch it and no longer feel pain. If you touch it and you feel pain, it's not healed. you got to go to God and ask the Holy Spirit to heal you so you can minister from your scars and not your open wounds. And time does not heal. It's what you do with the time that brings the healing. It can be 10 years ago and you can be 10 years more bitter, more angry, more hurt, more frustrated, more upset because you shouted, you danced, you fell out on the floor but you didn't pull the plug on that bitterness and now it's blowing up in your life and about to kill you because bitterness is a cancer and cancer never stays where it starts. It starts over here but it affects your marriage. It started over here but now it's affecting your children. It started over here but now it's affecting your health. You've got to get it out of you. One of the Greek words for forgiveness means to to exhale, means to get it out of you. Because forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. As long as you say, I'll never forgive them until they, then you put the authority for your healing in the hands of other people. And what if they never? Some of us are mad at people that are dead and gone and they'll never be able to say, I'm sorry, forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. That's why Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He forgave people while he was on the cross and they never asked him to because forgiveness is a gift you give yourself. You got to get it out of you. Somebody say amen about that. You got to get it out of you so that you can be a healer for other people. See, all of you are called to be healers. You're all called to be healers, but but pain makes you selfish. Have you ever been to the ER? Pain makes you selfish. You go to the ER. You're selfish. You're not like you go ahead. Oh man, no, you go. You go first. You are like I was here before you. Hey, I, hey, I was here before them. There's no. There's no. You go. No, you go. No, you. everybody's selfish in the ER. Because people are in pain. Come on, am I right? Pain makes you selfish. That's why you can never be a healer when you're dealing with pain. You got to go to God and say, God, heal me so that I can heal other people. Because the pain I'm carrying is making me selfish. It'll make you selfish in your marriage. It'll make you selfish in parenting. It'll make you selfish in church. It'll make you selfish everywhere you go. So you've got to get it out of you so that you can be healed to heal someone else. The worship team, all the worship people up here have to be healed. they all got to be healed so that they can literally, when you worship, it it literally becomes medicine. And it heals people as you worship. And if, if you won't forgive a person... If you're holding on to bitterness, you're holding on to resentment, you're holding on to those kind of things, it's literally like drinking poison expecting somebody else to die. Praise the Lord. And the worst part about it is you're teaching it to your children. Joanne and I decided we don't wanna win everywhere else but home. We wanna win at home. That's what success is for us. Success for us is all of our children all of our grandchildren, all of our great grandchildren spend eternity in heaven with us. That is success. It's not, it can't not be, it can't be religion. See, a prayer life and worship can't be something you do just when you're here. Because the, the, the best place to raise an atheist is a religious home. If you're a religious, if you have a religious home, you'll raise an atheist. Because your children see that it is only something you do in front of people. It's only something you practice on Sundays. You do not have a prayer life throughout the week. See, see for me as a pastor, when I grew up, my parents, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and my mom be on her knees next to my bed. <sighs> God, tears running down her face because I was a teenager and I had lost my mind. I would. I know what it's like to walk in the house and see my parents praying in the Holy Ghost, believing God for miracles, believing God for breakthroughs, believing God for things. And I realize this is not something that they just do for a job. This is something that they live, and it calls me not to be an atheist. See, it's got to. It's got to go beyond Sunday into something that we live throughout the week, where we pray with our children, where we spend time talking about God with our children. You know, people, some people say, well, we're not going to go to church. We're going to have family time. Is it really family time? You know, you, you, you may have more family time coming to church is it really family time at home or is dad watching the news and mom's in another part of the house watching something on an iPad and the kids are on their phones and nobody's talking, nobody's engaging. You may actually have more family time driving to church as a family, sitting in church as a family, serving as a family, going out to eat afterwards as a family, driving home after as a family. Some of you, your only family time is church time. And don't go down the path in the lie of the enemy where, oh, we're going to, we're going to have family time. We're not, going to, we're not going to be a part of God's house. Some of you, the best family time you can have is church time, is learning to do it as a family. Because we don't want to win everywhere else but home. You've got to be careful what you let in front of your children because they become addicted to it. Making time to prophesy over your children. Do you know that most of you in this room don't have a prophecy that you have ever received over your life from your parents? Most, most people don't have a prophecy from their own parent. And that's why they grow up and they don't know what to do. They don't know what to become. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. That when they're old, they will not depart. How do you know what to train them up to be if you don't have a word from God as to what they should be? God, I need you to show me. I need you to tell me. See, when we tell young people what is God saying to them, we almost make, we, we confuse them because... They start listening, and they go, I don't hear God. Well, the reason you don't hear God is because God's first language is not, is not English. God's not American. He, 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 we don't speak English in heaven. Like, I love America, right? I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying, but but... God's first language is not English. God's first language is visions and dreams. So when you go to a young person and say, what is God saying? they go, I don't hear God. It's because you've gotta to go to God and say, God, show me in a dream and a vision what you wanna do in my life. You've gotta to go to God and say, God, show me in a dream or a vision my children. I wanna see them doing something. I wanna see what show me what they're going to be doing so I can train them up in the way they should go show me they're starting a business show me them playing an instrument show me god show me their spouse show me show me in a dream or a vision only only one or two people in the bible god ever spoke to audibly most of the people in the bible that god spoke to he spoke to in dreams and visions so when we wake up we go to our kids and say what did you dream What did you dream? And before they go to bed, we start taking the last 30 minutes, the hour of our day, focusing on God. Turn the doggone TV off. Rip it out the wall if you have to. If it's going to cause you not to spend time with your children. See, God owns the night. The night doesn't belong to the enemy. The night belongs to God. See, tomorrow begins tonight. What time is it right now? It's eight-something, okay? Now, when it turns midnight, once it turns 1201, it'll say tomorrow. Although it's night, it's tomorrow. See, tomorrow begins at night. That's why in Genesis it says, in the evening and the morning was the first day. Not morning and evening. The evening and the morning was the second day. God starts at night. God owns the night. So we need to start focusing our families and our prayer time on God before they go to bed. Why are my kids waking up with nightmares? Why are my kids not hearing or seeing anything God is saying to them? Because we're not focusing that, we're not focusing their heart and focusing their spirit and focusing their mind on the presence of God or teaching them how to understand what God is saying. You have to learn to practice it. Practice it at home. Practice prayer at home. Most people don't practice prayer at home. Practice prayer at home. If you, if you have a hard time praying, like prayer is boring to you, it's probably going to be boring to your children because you make it boring. Don't make it boring. Make it fun. I can't get an amen on that. Make it fun. What do you do? Well, go on Google Maps. Zoom in on grandma's house and pray for grandma. Zoom in on your church and pray for your church. Zoom in on government buildings and pray for the government. Learn to make it fun. We do this thing in our, in our family called 60 Second Preach. And everybody has to run around the house and find an item and come back and preach on it for 60 seconds. That's how I get all my sermon illustrations. <laughs> what is this? What's the slinky? All right, you gotta preach on it. Go. Well, um, you know, having God in your life and having the Holy Spirit is like the slinky because even though you... You, you have moments that you, you fall apart and it looks like everything's out of order because you have the Holy Spirit, he'll bring you, back to, bring you back together again. And that's preaching on the slinky for 60 seconds. And they learn to preach at young ages. We teach our children to prophesy. Little tiny prophesy. Because when they go to their friends or they go to each other and say, I hate you, you're, you're annoying me, you're stupid. No, no, that's a demonic prophecy. Most of your children are prophesied over demonically all the time in public school. They hear demonic prophecies all the time. You're stupid, you're ugly, you're dumb, you're a loser, you're, you're hideous, we hate you, all that kind of, those are all demonic prophecies. And most godly prophecies are really long and people can't remember them, but most demonic prophecies are like one word or two words. If you were ever bullied, you remembered what they said over you and it's a demonic prophecy that was spoken over you again and again and again. That's why when our children come home, we have to put a word against the word. When the enemy opens his mouth, we need to open ours. Somebody say amen about that. We cannot let our children not have a prophecy from their parents, because when you prophesy over somebody, a child, you literally shape their identity. That's why our children are coming home questioning their identity, because nobody is prophesying over them. You have to prophesy over your children. You have to declare the word of God over them. You are smart, you are bright, you are brilliant, you are amazing. I tell my little, when you smile, it looks like stars with flowers on them. You're so creative, you can be anything. You can do anything. You're gonna change the world for Jesus Christ. You're gonna win people. You're gonna start prophesying over people. And they start getting scripture down in their heart and they start prophesying scripture because when they say something bad or they say something frustrating to a sibling, we can't leave it, don't just say you're sorry because I'm sorry is not a godly prophecy. You now have to, you have to redeem that demonic prophecy with a godly prophecy. You can't say to your sister that she's annoying. You have to say, I, I'm sorry that I said that. You're not annoying. You're actually very gifted. You're actually very anointed. God's gonna use you to change the world, and I'm so honored to be your brother, and, and, you, and, the, and there's a blessing that's gonna come onto your life. You see, the lot, the, one of the reasons a lot of you have sibling rivalry is because you didn't grow up prophesying over each other. But if you had grown up prophesying blessings and, and favor over your siblings, you'd have been like, I prophesied that over them when I was eight years old that they were gonna change the world. See, now they're changing the world. I prophesied they were gonna be multi And there they are being a multimillionaire. How many of you would love to have grown up having your siblings prophesy blessings over you? You've gotta to learn to change that and that starts in the home. That starts in the home. You've gotta to learn to get rid of bitterness. Bitterness, and, 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 and learn, teach your children how to handle offense. Am I boring you? Teach them how to handle offense, because somebody's going to offend you. Jesus said it's impossible, but that offenses will come. You have to teach them how to handle that, because offense is witchcraft. That's what offense is. Offense is literally witchcraft. Anytime I try to, I'm gonna withhold love from you, slam doors, um, give you the silent treatment, Um, walk away from you to get you to change your behavior. I don't like the way you're acting, so I'm gonna do things with my behavior to get you to change your behavior. That's called manipulation. And the Bible says manipulation is as a spirit of witchcraft. You might as well be sticking pins in a doll. Because I'm going to try to ignore you um, belittle you, give you the silent treatment, slam doors, flounce, pout, whatever we do, okay? To get my, this person or friend or spouse to act the way I want them to act, you are operating in a spirit of witchcraft, of manipulation. And the worst part is your children are watching it. And you end up raising little witches that learn to manipulate people at four, and six and eight years old. And by the time, am I helping anybody in here? And by the time they're 30 and 40, they are masters at this because we have to learn how to handle offense. We have to realize we cannot manipulate people. We have to pray for them and prophesy what we want to have happen, prophesy that over them and not negative things over them, but godly blessings over them. Come on, can I get an amen about it? We've got to speak blessings over our children, blessings over our family, blessings over our marriage because practice doesn't make perfect, practice makes permanent. We can't teach our children just to grow up, okay, well, if that, you don't like that person, just never talk to them again. We, we teach our children divorce. And that's why they play like they practice. They get up, and now the divorce rate's skyrocketing because we've taught people, well, you just, you know, I don't have a vision for your life. You grow up and be whatever you want to be. I don't have a vision for your spouse, so just find somebody you want. And now they date according to type rather than purpose. We had a young lady come this other day in our church. She's like, we're like, what about this guy? And she's like, oh, he's just not my type. And I'm like, what do you mean type? How did you get a type? What is a type? What do you mean, like a type food or something? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I have a type food. You know, like my, my mom, you know, is from Georgia. So, I, I mean, my dad's from the Bahamas. But I, my mom, I grew up with, every, the type food I grew up with is fried. Everything's fried. So peach cobbler, fried chicken, candied yams, cornbread, not Jiffy, cornbread. This is my type, okay? But my purpose, if I want to live in my purpose, my purpose is salad. With nothing on it, just salad. Your your purpose might be six foot four, tall, handsome, you know, but your purpose might be four foot, and you're going to miss your purpose running after your type, because six foot four and fine don't mean a thing at 40 if he ain't got no spine. Come on, somebody, say amen. Amen. That's why we've got to teach our children, you know, hey, you can't get in a dating relationship until you're ready to get married. Because love makes you give. Love makes you give. That's how God designed love. He, he designed it to make you give, make you give. And now that I like you and you like me, and now that I love you and you love me, if I cannot give you a house and give you a, a, a ring and give you a, a wedding and a home and all that kind of stuff, I'll give you what I have, which is my body. Because love makes you give. And if you can't give those things, you're gonna give what you have. That's why we don't let our teenagers at our church we promote, don't get into dating relationships until you are ready to get married because it's gonna make you give. Love makes you give. So when some young idiot guy comes to my house one day, wants to date one of my daughters, I'm gonna be like, what do you have? You have nothing. You have nothing. You are a homeless person that lives at your parents' house. No, you cannot date my daughter. What do you got here, one rose? I'll buy her 50 roses. No, go away. You have nothing to give her but seed. Love makes you give. And that's why you've got to teach your children. You listen to your parents, listen to your pastors, listen to your teacher, listen to people who are further away from the relationship than you. If I was going to hang a picture up here, I would go and I would look back at Pastor Chad. And what would I ask Pastor Chad? I'd say, is it straight? And the reason I ask him if it's straight is because I'm too close. I'm too close. And if you get into a a sexual relationship before you get married, now you're like this, this is perfect, this is exactly what I wanted, this is lining up, this is everything. And your mom is like, baby, it's upside down. You just don't want me to be happy, you're just trying to control my life. You're too close. How can you tell if it's lining up? That's why ladies, if you want him to marry you, do not sleep with him before you're married. Because if if you sleep with him before you're married, he'll get too close to you and he'll be scared to marry you because he's not sure if it's lining up. And that's why you end up dating for five years and seven years and eight years because he's too close. He's not sure if if this is straight because he's too close. If you allow him to stay further away from you, he'll actually ask you to marry him faster because he's further away. He can tell that it's lining up. Oh Lord, somebody ought to make me a peach cobbler for this sermon. Turn to somebody and say, My Lord, give me a hundred dollars right now. Give me a hundred dollars. Am I helping somebody? Teaching your children to have a greater respect for values than just rules. For honor, teaching honor in your home. The more honor you have, the less rules you have to have. If you don't have any honor in your house, you got to have a ton of rules. You got to do this. 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 And because they don't honor. Teaching our kids, we we start teaching our kids to clean the house young, because there's too many of them. <laughs> I use a. a uh, a laser pointer I'm going to save somebody's life right now let me tell you how to, I'm going to add 10 years of your life go on Amazon and buy you a laser pointer because we and I make all the kids I'm responsible for clean house every night I clean the house with the kids okay and so Pastor Drain doesn't do it I take responsibility and I clean the house every night with the kids and make them pick up and I got this laser pointer because they can't see nothing they can't see nothing pick that up over there
0: what what see it what where, where,
1: where, where? So I got that laser pointer. Hey, you see that over there? Move that over there. Hey, you see that right there? Right there. Hey, you see that? Move that over there. You see that? Hey, you see that? Move that over there. And now they run all over the house, picking stuff up. Because parenting—see, parenting at forty-two is different when you got little ones than you know. When I, we got those twins, and they on—they've been on the ground when I was when I was twenty-seven. You know, you young, strong, young. Get on the ground, jump up. At 42, it's different. When I was 27, I get on the ground and play. At 42, you're like, hey. Hey, y'all. It's a different ball game. But more than anything, teaching your kids to, to pray, teach your children to prophesy. Write a prophecy over every one of your children and give it to them. Every Father's Day, I write, I don't receive anything on Father's Day. Every Father's Day, I give a gift to every one of my kids and to Pastor Joanne, and I write them a prophetic word for the year. Every Father's Day, because that is the one day I have more influence in their life, instead of them buying me some tie that I bought with my credit card anyway, (laughs) I use that influence to speak into their life and I line them all up and I say, this is the vision that God's given me for you for this year. And I begin to prophesy over their life. And as you begin to prophesy over your wife, as you begin to prophesy over your children, it literally shapes their identity. And they will be what you say. And if you will engage them and teach them to prophesy over each other, just teach them a little, 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 little. Three and four and five and eight, prophesying over each other, speaking scripture over each other, declaring the word of God over each other, practicing, hearing God through dreams and through visions, speak about, well, what are you showing me? Well, I see this person in church. We were at, just a couple weeks ago, we were having our prayer time, and, and I was just playing something on, on the guitar, and I said, and I played for like a minute or two, and then I said, okay, guys, open your eyes, tell me what you see. And Nicholas said, I saw our youth leader, Riley, and she was carrying these giant bags of salt. I just saw her. I, she just popped in my head. I saw her carrying these giant bags of salt. And I said, what do you think that means? He goes, I don't know. I said, well, well let's, let's, when you go to church on Sunday, tell her that. And so um, he went up to her and says, I don't know what this means, but I saw you uh, in, a, in a vision carrying these giant bags of salt, and I felt you wanted to quit. The look on your face was that you were just tired, and you wanted to quit. And she starts bawling. And she's like, I felt like I wanted to quit the youth ministry and do something else, and and that just encourages me that I don't need to quit. And now he's going like, at 12 years old, I'm going to church to be a minister. I'm not going to church just to attend. I'm going to church to minister to somebody, because God's given me a word for somebody. And you learn to practice that at home, because you play like you practice. Come on, am I helping anybody here give God a praise? Train up a child in the way that they should go that when they're old, they will not depart from the faith. They will not depart. They won't depart. And God doesn't mind us running after things. God doesn't mind us doing that kind of stuff. He doesn't mind us working hard and doing all these kind of things, but God doesn't want us to have, for those things to own us or control us. I've learned that God will give you the desires of your heart as long as you run after him. It's like this story of my daughter, Isabella, and we were, we were going through Disney. We loved going to Disney, and, and we were at Disney, and, and they, were, they had these gift shops. You ever been there? They got these gift shops there, all these souvenirs, and she was a little, I don't know how old she was, maybe four years old or something like that at the time, four or five, and, and we went through this gift shop, and she um, She found this little Minnie Mouse ring that she wanted, and she brought it up to me. I don't know how much it costs, $175,000, whatever the stuff costs at Disney. And, um, and she's like, you know, can I have it, this little, this little metal ring? And I said, no, you can't have that, put that away. Nobody touch anything, because if one kid gets something, they all want something, it's like blood in the water to sharks, right? So I was just like, <laughs> nobody's getting anything, everybody put everything away, we're leaving. And so we started walking down, and I told Pastor Joanna, I said, take them down a little further, I'm gonna go back and get her this little Minnie Mouse ring. And so when I went back, uh, I got the ring, and then on Christmas morning, she was there and she opened up the packet and she opened it up and she saw this ring. is a little silly. I don't know why I get choked up telling this story. This is a little Minnie Mouse ring. But when she, the, what, what blessed me is that when she opened the ring, she looked at it and she dropped the ring and grabbed me. And I've learned about God that God will give you the desires of your heart as long as you're willing to drop it to grab Him. Come on somebody. As long as you want to drop it to grab Him. When God says, I'll give you the desires of your heart, it's not just that he'll give you what you want, it's that he will place in your heart the things you should desire. That you will only run after the things that God wants you to run after. And get rid of all these religious man-made rules that we put on ourselves, like, well, I don't know, I don't, I don't read my Bible because when I, when I read it, I don't know, I don't always remember what I read, so that's why I don't read it. Well, I don't remember what I ate last week. But it still impacted my waistline. Like, just because you can't remember every verse doesn't mean it's not impacting you. Come on, can I get an amen? Well, I don't know, when I read my Bible or my I pray, you know, I, don't, I just, I fall asleep, and I feel guilty about falling asleep, praying. Why would you feel guilty about falling asleep while you're praying? I have eight kids. All, all of them have fallen asleep literally while talking to me. In, in my arms, literally talking to me, and fell asleep, and I love it. I think it's the most beautiful thing that they feel so, so secure to literally just fall asleep in my presence. Why would you think God is angry at you because you fell asleep in his presence? Why would you think that your father's angry at you because you fell asleep talking to him? Maybe we'd have better mornings if we had better nights. Maybe we wouldn't wake up with nightmares if we fell asleep talking to God. But we put all these man made rules on ourselves. All these religious man-made rules that that are not in the Word of God. We pick up all kinds of of, of phobias and things that, that are not biblical. You have a loving Father, and the Holy Spirit wants to live and dwell on the inside of you. And you've got to prophesy over your children and declare the Word of God over them because we have a world that wants to shape their identity. We have a world that just says, love, 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 love. Love, love, love. I went into Walmart the other day, and a shirt said, "Love is love," and I said, "That's a lie. Love is not love. Just because you love something doesn't mean it's godly." I could leave Pastor Joanne fall in love with another woman. That don't mean it's godly. See, we've made a god out of love. See, love is not God, but God is love. People talk about love, but they don't talk about holiness. Do you know what? Do you know how many times in the Bible it says God is love? One time. One time. Do you know how many times the Bible says God is holy? Over 400 times. The angels around the throne, around God's throne right now, don't say love, love, love. They say holy, holy, holy. It's not that the Father, the Son, and the loving spirit, it's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And without holiness, no man shall see God. But we live in a world that just says love, 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 love. I was talking to a young adult the other day, and it's just like, we just need to love people. We just need to love people. Is that what the word says? When they went to question Jesus, and and they tried to trick him up, brought an expert in in the law to try to trick up Jesus, and said, which is the greatest law? And Jesus responded. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then out of that, the consequence of loving God is you end up loving people as you love yourself. He didn't even tell you to love people like you love God. He said, love people like you love you. Yes, right? But he said, love the Lord your God. The first and greatest commandment is to love God. Why did Jesus put it in an order? Because it is possible. It is possible to love people and not love God. But it is impossible to love God and not love God. If you love God, you're going to love people. And we live in a world that says, hey, love people, love people, love people. We need to love people. What about God? What about God? Love people, love people, love people. What about God? Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart mind soul and strength and when it comes down to it we've got to choose God over anybody we've got to choose God over anything I'm gonna choose the Bible I'm gonna choose the Holy Spirit I'm gonna choose Jesus I'm gonna choose the Word of God I'm gonna choose truth anybody gonna choose truth we've got to choose truth as our foundation We've got to look to Him. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld the wonderful glory, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's all about truth. You the truth, and the truth shall set you free. And we live in a world that is that has literally taken God out of love. You see, the minute you take God out of love, it's a lie. You know why that shirt, I went in to Target and the shirt said love is love. You know why, you know why, that anybody, you can't go to the dictionary and look at a word and the definition of the word is the word. What do you mean love is love? Dog is dog, cat is cat, table is table, Pastor Chad is Pastor Chad, church is church, sun is sun, water is water, car is car, no! If you Google the definition of an iPad, it doesn't say iPad. But when you take God out of love, there is no definition now. Because the definition of love is God. And that's why they just have to say love is love because there is no definition now. So the moment you remove God from love, it's a lie. And we are not victims to our attractions. Oh Jesus. You're not a victim to attractions. I have to submit my attractions to the word of God and say, what is God's best for my life? I may be attracted to this or attracted to that, but is that what God's word says is best for my life? Because we're not just Christians, we have to be Bible-believing Christians. We believe the whole Bible, and the Bible is not progressive. The Bible is perfect. God is not progressive. God is perfect. If he was progressive, that means it's flawed and it needs to improve, but we don't change the Bible to fit culture. We don't change the Bible to fit in with common social structures and and what people think. The Word of God is the Word of God. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall remain the same. Somebody say amen. You've got to love God more than you love anybody. Why do you love God more than you love anybody? Because when nobody loved me, God loved me. When nobody thought I was valuable, He thought I was valuable. When nobody thought I was worth talking to, He thought I was worth talking to. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. There's a difference between somebody loving you and somebody so loving you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Somebody saying they love you and somebody so loving you. Because I was so angry and so upset and so frustrated and so hurt and so ostracized and so alienated and so raped and so left and so divorced and so abused. But he so loved me in my sin, in my disgust, in my situations. He loved me. And I believe in pleading the blood of Jesus over my family. I believe in pleading the blood of Jesus over my children. You know, we've gained some things, but we've lost some things as a church. We've gained a lot of things, but we've lost a lot of things. And there's some power in that old stuff. Somebody say amen about what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. And before I lost my family, I would plead the blood of Jesus over my whole house. I know it's old fashioned, but I would walk all over that house and talk in tongues before I'd let the devil take my family and take my marriage and take my joy and take my peace and take my life. The Bible says the kingdom of God suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. At some point in our lives, we gotta believe this stuff. We've got to stand up for what we believe because when the church doesn't talk, people die. They die. And when the church doesn't speak up for truth and speak up for righteousness, how will our young people have the courage to speak up if we don't? How will our sons and daughters have the courage to speak up for truth if we're silent, if we're passive? But when we stand up for truth and we stand up for righteousness, And we say it's okay to be a man it's okay to be masculine it's okay to be a woman it's okay to be who god made you to be somebody say amen about it and not apologize for truth the world wants to make us the same why should we be ashamed of the gospel of jesus christ for it is the power of god under salvation to all those that believe we should not be ashamed we should put all the shame on the devil. Somebody say amen. amen. Tell the truth. Shame the devil. We're not shaming people. We're shaming the enemy and speak truth over them. Let them know the truth. Write it on their hearts. The church did really great years ago at teaching people the word of God. And over years, the church has just taught concepts and not Bible characters. People should name their kids after Bible characters. I'm named after a Bible character. And now we've just taught concepts and that's why most, most young people don't even know the 12 disciples. Most young people can't even tell you the 12 disciples. Or they don't know who Enoch is. They don't know. See, all the Bible characters point to Jesus. And at some point we've gotta make it a priority in our homes to pray. We've gotta turn the television off at some point. Come on parents. We've got to turn it off and say, look, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will have a prayer life in this house. We will prophesy in our homes. We will prophesy in our marriages. Quit complaining about your children. Quit complaining about your spouse. Because complaining is how you tell God you don't agree with how he's running your life. And it attracts darkness into your life. Complaining and arguing and envy and strife all attract the presence of the demonic. The same way worship attracts the presence of God. All of this complaining and arguing and fussing and all that kind of stuff. You've got to have humility in your home. You've got to have humility because pride, you've got to get rid of pride because pride requires all these conditions where humility requires none of them. Pride has to be spoken to a certain way. Pride, pride has to, has, you have to do this when they want you to do it, how they want you to do it, but humility has none of that. Humility, humility cannot be offended. And you can never be offended by somebody you pray for daily. Whoever you're angry at, you don't pray for. Because prayer, oh God, am I helping anybody? Because when you pray for a person, it literally changes how you feel about them and God gives you an understanding about them. Not praying not praying, you know, against them, but praying for them. You anybody have a friend and, and anytime you get ready to be around that friend or people, you gotta say, look, um, like that friend frustrates other people, but you get them. And you're like, well, they're not normally like that. It was just you know, they were having a bad day. You you should really hang out with them again. They're really a nice person. Anybody have a friend? Don't look at nobody, but anybody have a friend? If you don't have that friend, you might be that friend. But the reason you get them is because God gave you an understanding about them. And it's hard to be angry at people you understand. It's hard to be frustrated at people that you get. That's why you got to go to God and say, God, give me an understanding about my spouse. Give me an understanding. you got to allow your spouse to correct you. Oh, Jesus. You see how quiet that was? Not one amen on that, Pastor <laughs> Chad. Not one amen. You need to give your spouse permission to correct you. And say, do you see any area in my life that needs to be corrected? and go to your spouse and say, see, see, that's the problem. We start going down the crazy cycle, arguing, fussing, fighting, caring. We, we have to go to our spouse and say, I need you to see if there's anything in my life that is not right with God, that, that I am acting out in my personalities, parenting. Is there anything I do in my life that makes you feel second? Is there anything in my life that makes you feel small? Do you know that you can heal your spouse today with your words? Your words. You, you literally have the healing medicine to heal your husband today with your mouth, with your words. Some of you could heal your spouse, heal your wife today. Heal her with your words. You could say something that would be so meaningful to her, so amazing to her. It would heal her just with your words that you could heal a child. Do you know how many people are broken and bleeding over things that were never spoken to them or things that were spoken to them as a child that left them hurting and wounded and bleeding? And some of us are still bleeding to death over things that were spoken to us as a child. And the reason we have no self-confidence and no self-assurance and no self-esteem is because things were spoken to us that hurt us and left us hurting and wounded and bleeding. And today you could heal that person just with your words. That's why when you come to church on Sunday, you need to be a healer to people a healer to people. But if you're in pain, you make church all about you. And you don't become a servant. You don't come in here thinking, how can I heal the body of Christ? You come in here thinking, what can the body of Christ do for me? And we become selfish in the body of Christ. And we don't learn how to become healers of other people. See, everything you've been healed of, God healed you and he left that medicine in you to heal someone else. Somebody say amen if you believe that. I'm almost done, but we have challenges. We all have difficulties. But language changes the atmospheres. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. What kind of atmospheres do you have in your home? What do you speak in your home? Turn off all those demonic movies. Turn off all that kind of stuff. They become lightning rods to demonic presence in your home. Put worship music on in your home. Let the presence of God, whatever my children see on TV, that's what they imitate. If I put on the the Avengers, they start killing each other. Everything's a gun. They start hitting each other, fighting each other. If I put on worship music or worship concert, they all start worshiping, lifting their hands. They all start making instruments out of things in the house because they will be what they see. Your children are terrible. Listen to me. They are terrible at doing what you ask them to do. They're awful at it. All kids, they're terrible at doing what you ask them to do. That's why all the time you're like, didn't I tell you to do this? How many times do I have to tell you to do that? If I have to tell you to do this one more time, they're terrible at doing what you ask them to do, but they're amazing at doing what they see you do. They're amazing at that. If they see you pray, do you know your children pray like you? You want to know what you sound like praying? Ask your, ask your child to pray for you. That's what you sound like. They pray like you. And if, if your prayer life is all... You know, begging and, and asking, and it's not declarative is because you don't pray like that. Right. You don't prophesy when you pray, Lord. I just pray that you help me do this and help me do that. And that's how they pray. Rather than Lord, I declare right now that all of our family is gonna be blessed. I prophesy that all of my children are gonna be the head and not the tail above them but not beneath. Today is gonna be a blessed day for them. They're gonna walk into school and you're gonna have favor over their life. You're gonna open doors for them. If you begin to pray like that, your children begin to pray like that. They are amazing at doing what they see you do. They're carbon copies of you. And if you want to know what God is going through with you, look at what you're going through with your child. Because typically what you're going through with your child is what God is dealing with with you. Oh, my Lord. I knew we shouldn't have come today. Be a church that celebrates people. Be a church that has joy down in your heart and down in your spirit. Be joyful when you come to God's house. Don't be negative. What can the church do for me? Because I believe revival is getting ready to break out here in Bethesda. Somebody believe that. I believe real revival is getting ready to break out in this out. And how does that happen? It happens with hundreds and hundreds of people who come to serve someone else, to minister to someone else, to declare the word of God over someone else, to prophesy over someone else. We've gotta have unity as the body of Christ. No outside source destroys our community. The lack of unity destroys a community. That's why the word community is centered on the word unity. Once we have unity, There is nothing that Satan can do. But Satan will come in here and try to get us to be divided. Nowhere in the Bible will you ever see a demon fighting with another demon. Nowhere in the scriptures will you ever see a principality fighting with another principality. And when they ask Jesus about it, Jesus says Satan has a kingdom and Satan's kingdom is not divided. For Satan knows a house divided against itself cannot it's only church people fighting church people and Christians fighting Christians. I was telling our church the other week, I said, do you know how much of my, my personal week is spent trying to get y'all to get along? Just trying to get unity in the body of Christ. If we had unity in the body of Christ, I said, do you know how many hours my staff has to spend just trying to get unity? That's why whenever we sing something to which we all agree or a pastor preaches something to which we all agree, all of a sudden you feel the presence of God fall because the power of God falls on agreement. And if I was Satan and I wanted to destroy you, I would come after your joy. Because once you get in the presence of God, that's where you find joy. In his presence, is fullness of joy and pleasure forevermore and the joy of the Lord is your strength. If you're going to be a person that learns how to minister to other people and prophesy over other people and declare the word of God over other people and be a healer, you've gotta be a joyful person. And you've gotta to learn to allow correction to speak into your life. Who in your life can correct you? Who in your life can speak into your life and say your life is out of order? You need to get this figured out, you need to get this straightened out. We've gotta got submit this, you need to surrender this. Your attitude is terrible and you have people You don't like being around anybody and that is you're not gonna be able to be a healer if your life And so you've gotta surrender your personalities. You've gotta surrender all that kind of stuff to God because that's the only way God can heal you. It's humility. Healing is in your humility. And every other area of your life where you have pain, you have pride. I went to the doctor the other day. I'm gonna do this and we're gonna pray in a moment. I went to the doctor the other day and the first thing they do when you go there is they weigh you. Anybody been to the doctor? There's, for some reason, I still check in my height too, but they weighed me. And there's always that awkward conversation when they, when they weigh you and I look at the scale and the doctor looks at the scale and then we look at each other and it's that awkward moment. But I need somebody to set a tent on where right is, on where my best is and you will say, well this is where you should be and this is where you are. So at least I know how far off I am from where I need to be. So you gotta have a church that tells you the truth. Aren't you thankful for pastors that love you enough to tell you the truth? Because if I just go based on how much room is left in my sweatpants, I'm good. You know, people always coming to me saying, you you know, what about a, what about this? Can I do this and still go to heaven? If I, if I smoke, will I go to hell? I say, I don't think you'll go to hell. You may smell like you've been to hell. I don't think you'll go to hell. But can I drink? And I said, I guess you drink, just don't be drunk. Bible says don't be drunk. But I said, I don't drink and I don't smoke because I know me, I have addictive behaviors. Some of you know it's a wonderful thing when you can learn to be honest with yourself. I said, I don't do it because I have addictive behaviors. I said, I don't need to fight Jack Daniels and get in a fight with the Marlboro man because me and little Debbie are in a death match right now. right. I, I don't need to fight nobody else. Nobody else. This little red-headed demon is, is after me. she be calling me in the middle of the night,
0: Jonathan,
1: come down there. Joanne wake up, she woke up and said, we got mice in this house. I said, mice in this house? She said, yeah, I woke up, there was crumbs all over the place. I said, what? Call an exterminator. But I want to prophesy over you tonight. I want to minister to you tonight. Did you get something out of this tonight? Come on, somebody say amen. Be the kind of church that God has called you to be. Your pastors have a huge vision for this church. A huge vision. I believe that you're going you're, you're to see every seat filled in here. There's going to be people lined up because of the healings that are gonna happen, not just from your pastors, but through you. Amen. Through you, through, through you spending that time with God, making that, it's not, it's not just the minutes, guys, it's the moments. Don't, don't run after minutes with God, run after moments with God. I've been married to this amazing woman for 16 years, I can't give you an account for every minute, but I can tell you about moments. All we have in life is the moments. Run after those God moments with your family, with your children. Make sure before this week is out, you go, I'm gonna make sure every one of my family members have a prophecy from their parents. I'm gonna speak what I see. Prophecy, prophesy. You profess what you see. Prophecy, what do you see? Go to God and say, show me in a dream or a vision, my children. Show me what they're doing. Show me their spouses. And prayers have no expiration date. Come on, somebody. Prayers have no expiration date. Joanne and I were talking to a woman uh, years ago and she was trying to share this vision she had had. And she said, I was with this angel. And um, she said, Pastor, I know this sounds crazy. I'm not not crazy. She said, you ever try to explain spiritual things to somebody, you sound kinda like, what was it like? It was like a rushing mighty wind. It was like cloven tongues. And she said, there was this angel. And I, I looked across and I could see this young man it was, a, it was a young teenager. I could, tell he was a, I could tell he was a child of God somehow I just knew. And she said, I saw these dark forces beginning to come on him. Like just these like these arrows, this dark presence. And and she said, All of a sudden, I saw this light. It was like this spirally. Like she said, I'm not crazy. I'm not trying to be weird. She said, I'm just trying to communicate what I saw in the spirit. So I saw this light come down and rest over him. And She she said to the angel, she said, what is that? And the angel said, those are the prayers of his mother. And she said, oh, you mean his mother's praying for him right now? And the angel said, no, she said, those are the prayers that his mother prayed over him when he was a child. And God is now releasing the power of those prayers when he needs them the most. Which told me prayers have no expiration date. You've gotta to begin to pray over your children's spouse and pray over your grandchildren. You don't know the years that God will give you, but those prayers that you prayed still have the power. Come on, somebody. The prayers that you prayed still have the power. If you have that audio track, I asked them to play the audio, just play it for me real softly if you would, just play that for me. And your children, I'll leave you with this, your children are the long-range weapon of the Spirit. We always talk about the sword of the spirit, how we're gonna take authority and we're gonna do that. We do have that. But your children are the long range weapon. They're the arrows. The Bible refers to them as arrows in your hand. And the thing about arrows is you can't, in the Bible days, you couldn't go to the store and buy arrows you know, at Dick's Sporting Goods or you had to make the arrows. The arrows you shot were the arrows you made. What are you saying, Pastor Jonathan? I'm saying you've gotta make the arrows. You've got to invest into the children. You have to do it. Nobody's gonna do it for you. Pastor can't do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. You've got to make those arrows and shoot them into generations that you will never see. Some of you have one arrow, two arrows, five arrows, seven arrows, but you've got to invest in them more than you've ever invested in them. You've got to make it a priority in your family to spend time with God. And this house will never be a house of prayer until your house is a house of prayer. This house will never be a house that experiences the presence of God and miracles until your house is a house that experiences the presence of God and miracles. Come on, you get something out of that, give God a praise. Will you stand with me? I want to pray over a couple of things tonight that the Lord's laid on my heart. Um, But would you just bow your heads for me just for a moment? If you're here tonight and you say, Pastor Jonathan, I am not 100% sure that if I died I would spend eternity in heaven. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure that if I died today I'd spend eternity and I want to be 100% sure. I want to pray for you. If that's you, you're the most important person in this room. The most important person in this room. If you're not 100% sure, I want
0: to pray for you.
1: And if you're contemplating it, that's, that's the Holy Spirit impressing upon your heart. Don't run away from that. Don't play hard to get with God. Maybe you've prayed this prayer in the past, but for whatever reason, you've grown distant with God. You've grown cold. Father loves you. He's got a plan for your life. And when I count to three that, you just slip your hand up high and unashamed. One. Two. You have everything to gain and nothing to lose. That's three. Just slip your hand up right now. If you're not 100% sure, I see you guys. I see you. 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 I'm so proud of you. I see you. I see you in the back. I see you. We've got several people that want to pray that prayer. Can we all pray that prayer right now? Everybody say with me. Say, thank you, Jesus, for loving me. I believe you died on the cross. You rose from the dead. And because you live, I can live. Today I choose you. And I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God praise for those people. Come on, somebody. Amen. I want, to pray. I want to pray now for anyone who's got sickness in their body. If you're here and you've got sickness in your body, I want you to come right down here to the front real quick. Turn the music up just a little bit for me. Don't wait on anybody. If you're here and you're sick, just come out. Come down right now. Just step out. Come down right now. How many of you believe that God can heal? Anybody believe that we serve a God that can heal? If you're sick in your body, come right now. Come right now. Anybody else? Back pain? I feel like there's an anointing in here for back pain. Diabetes. We're gonna take authority over diabetes. Somebody here's having a problem, eye problems. I want you to come now. We're gonna pray for you. Eye problems. Arthritis. People say the Holy Spirit's weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit's beautiful. The Holy Spirit's beautiful. Anybody else, we gonna pray for you. How many people believe that we serve a God that's able to heal right now? Amen, you believe that? I want all of you that are down front, just lift your hands. You don't have to lift them high. Would you just lift your hands as if I was gonna give you something you were gonna receive? Would all of you brothers and sisters just stretch forth your hand? to them right now in Jesus name I I prophesy Isaiah 53 over you that he was wounded for our transgressions bruised for our iniquities that the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed in Jesus name I prophesy Psalms 147 and 3 that he heals the wounds of every shattered heart God's healing right now in the name of Jesus. From the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. His word declares that healing is the children's bread that is provided for us, the atonement of Jesus Christ, and that he sent his word and healed our disease. And I take authority over cancer. I take authority over sickness. I take authority over disease. And I speak healing over your body. Right now in Jesus' name. Just say, I'm healed right now in Jesus' name. Come on, say, Say, I'm healed right now in Jesus' name. From the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Not another day of pain. Not another day of infirmity. Not another day of sickness. Not another day of fear. I will not die but live and declare the wonderful works of the Lord in Jesus' name. If you perceive it, say amen. Come on, give God a big praise for all these amazing people. Come on, if you believe it, say amen. You guys can be seated. You can go back to your seats. I want to pray for, I want to pray. Just keep, you can keep looping it. Just keep looping that for me. I want to pray for marriages real quick. Um, There's some marriages in here that need God to do some healing that only God can do. And if that's you, I want you to step out and come down here right now. You just say, we need God to do something in our marriage. Just step out. There's I, the, the Lord's talking to me right now. Just step out and come. Just grab your spouse by the hand and say, come on, let's get healed right now in Jesus' name. Just step out and come. Healing is in your humility. It's in humility. Can we cheer all these couples on as they come? Come on, these are our yeah. brothers and sisters. Come on. Come on. I got about three, there's at least three more couples that need to be down here, just come now. The Lord's telling me, just come now. I'm gonna wait on you, just about three more couples. And is there a couple in here you're wanting to have a baby and you're not able to have a baby? Is that a couple in here? Are they in here? If that's you, I want you to come down. We wanna pray for you. I wanna have Pastor Joanne lay her hands on you. Come now. Anybody else? I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for being down here. Would you stretch forth your hands to these couples? Father, I now bind every addiction in Jesus' name. I speak healing into the scars, into the open wounds, We now forgive every hurt word that has been spoken. The scars of those words, we put them under our feet in the name of Jesus. And we speak life into our spouse. We take authority over every addiction, every lie, Every threat, every manipulation, every moment of witchcraft in our home that we brought in through anger and bitterness and pride, we now pour on it the healing waters of the Holy Spirit, and we ask that the healing waters of the Holy Spirit would quench these demonic fires and Father we now speak a renewed passion a renewed zeal a renewed love for our spouses we prophesy that these homes belong to Jesus and that the presence of God will rule and reign in these homes that when you wake up you will literally feel the presence of God in that home I bind nightmares off of these women who have had nightmares of your husbands leaving you. Nightmares of fear, literally demonic visions that you've had. I bind that off of you in the name of Jesus. And I command you to sleep in peace. The peace of God that passes all understanding may be upon your heart and upon your mind. And I now release you of all guilt, all self-loathing. I bind all of that off of you in the name of Jesus. And we declare that you are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, in Jesus name. Now I want you to grab your, I want you to face your spouse, just face your spouse, Grab, grab them by the hands or hold them. And sir, I want you to look at her in the eyes and say, You make me want to be a better man. Forgive me of any words I have ever spoken to you that hurt you, belittled you, made you feel small, or made you feel insecure. I will bless you with my mouth. My words will bring healing into our home. Now look at him and say to him, say, I love you. Thank you for being the man God has created you to be. I believe in you more than you know. And what God has joined together, none of us will tear asunder. Forgive me of any words I have spoken against you that hurt you belittled you, or made you feel small. Thank you for being a godly leader in our home. In Jesus' name, amen. Now give them a big hug and kiss, amen. Come on, can we cheer on these amazing couples? Isn't this beautiful? You guys can be seated. I wanna, I wanna pray for some parents real quick that you're having challenges with your children. You, you feel like you're losing your child or there's some, there's some situations going on that you need wisdom for, for your child. I want you to come down, just come down here real quick. You can turn that music up a little for me. Is this okay? Is, my, is this okay, Pastor? Is this okay? We're flowing in the Holy Spirit here. Is that all right? Come now, God's getting ready to heal some families. Let's get some families healed. You've got some children. That you go, I don't know what to do. I need God to help me. My Lord, all the parents, we need it. Come on, parents, amen? Just come on. You can scoot in as close as you can. Come on in. I want to pray for you. We're going to pray for these parents. Come on. Beautiful families. Beautiful families. Beautiful families. God, help me with my children. We're going to believe God to give you a divine plan for your child a divine strategy for your child, divine strategy. God's gonna do it. Do you guys believe that? God's gonna do it. Amen. How many of you have teenagers down here? You have teenagers, Some of you have teenagers? Yeah. Some of you have grown kids, amen? Yeah, God's gonna amen. do it, God's gonna do it, yeah. Okay. Lift your hands a little bit. You don't have to lift them high. All of you, stretch forth your hands again to your brothers and sisters. Father, we bring every child represented right now into your presence. Lord, you know where they are. You know what they're doing. You know what they're facing. You know what they're struggling with. And I bind the spirit of failure that makes you feel like you were a failure of a parent. I bind that off of you. I bind the self-loathing off of you in Jesus' name. You are not a failure. You are called and anointed for such a time as this. Satan will not have your children. They belong to Jesus. They are the head and not the tail. They are above and not beneath. I bind every demonic lie that has come against them, that has caused them to question their identity, their sexual identity, who they are in Christ. I bind those demonic prophecies that have been spoken over them, that made them feel that they are less than, that they are not beautiful, that they are not smart, that they are not gifted, that they are not called. I bind every demonic video that they have watched on YouTube or TikTok or on the internet that has literally warped their identity. And we now release the healing waters of the Holy Spirit to flow into their heart and into their mind. That you would give these parents the words to say that would bring healing to these families, heal them, restore the unity the unity in the home i pray right now that the influence of the words of these parents is is coming up right now it's beginning to increase lord if you have to take sleep from their eyes hunger from them whatever you have to do bring them to the altar of repentance and it's not our job to run after and run after and run after but it's our job to be in the house ready to have the robe and the fatted calf and the ring ready to put on them and cover all of their disgrace and show grace and love and healing and restoration because I prophesy they are coming home I prophesy the Word of God that your works will be rewarded says the Lord oh my God your works shall be rewarded every prayer every bringing them to church every bringing them to youth group reading the Word of God over them you have trained them in the way they should go and they are gonna come back home. Say that right now. Say they're coming back home. Come on, prophesy parents. Say they're coming back home in Jesus name, in Jesus name, in Jesus name. They're coming back home in Jesus name. Some of you, God has shown you, your children are literally going to be authors, preachers, pastors, some of them are going to be songwriters. God has literally called them to be world changers. And I want you right now or this week to begin to start writing a godly prophecy over them and beginning prophesying this and watch it literally shape their identity because your children belong to the Lord. Somebody say amen if you believe it. Come on, give God a big praise all over the house. You can be seated. You can be seated. I wanna pray, who in here is having nightmares? Just raise your hand if you have nightmares. I wanna pray for you. If you're struggling with nightmares, is there anybody in here, would you come now? I don't know who it is, I just wanna pray for you. If you're struggling with nightmares, anybody else, just come down. I wanna pray for you. Just come real quick. The Lord's, the Lord's in this place, he's gonna heal you of that. Come on, somebody say amen, just come down, right? Just come down, if you're going I don't know, I can't control it, I'm, I'm dealing with nightmares, I don't wanna have nightmares anymore. I wanna pray for you, amen, amen. You guys are struggling, having nightmares. We're gonna pray for that right now. Would you guys stretch forth your hand to them? I break these demonic attacks that are coming against your mind in the name of Jesus. Nightmares that you're gonna die, nightmares of being alone and fear, real fear. I bind that off of you in the name of Jesus. And I speak healing over your mind The Bible says it is with the mind that we serve the Lord and to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. I speak that when you go to bed, that God will begin to show you in visions and dreams his perfect will and plan for your life. I now break off of you this demonic attack that has come against your thoughts, that's tried to control your thoughts, that's tried to warp your thoughts and take away your peace and your rest. But we declare peace over you, we declare rest over you, and the ability to sleep at night and wake up renewed and refreshed. Refreshed in the presence of God. Literally wake up in the presence of God because God owns the night. God is not gonna waste one third of your life. God is going to speak to you while you sleep. The word of God says he giveth unto his beloved while they sleep. And I speak it over you right now in the name of Jesus. Say this with me, those of you down front, say, I will sleep, I will live, and not die. God will show me in visions and dreams his plan and purpose for my life, and I will be a healer to nations. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give God praise. Just a couple more. Is there anybody in here? Struggling with suicidal thoughts. If you're struggling with suicidal thoughts, you need to have the courage to come down here right now. God's going to set you free from it. I'm literally, I'm literally fighting for your life right now. I want you to come down. If you're a teenager, young adult, I don't care what age you are, if there's anyone in here struggling with suicidal thoughts, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and told me He wants to set you free. Just come down. I feel like there's at least five more that need to step out. Just, just step out and come down. Let's let the Lord heal you. Isn't this beautiful to see people get healed? Yes. Come on, anybody else, just step down and come. Just, just come on over here, young ladies. Just come on over this way. You come. Anybody else, just step out. There's one more. There's three more, just come now. Come on, pray with me, intercessors. We're fighting for somebody's life here. Anybody else, just come now. Healing's in your humility. The Lord loves you so much, there's one. Come on, there's one more. Just come down, let us pray for you and let God set you free. Let God set you free from these lies of the enemy. Come on, amen. Come on, let's give them all a big God bless you. Amen, come on, now. We're gonna pray for them. Father, right now we pray, we break off of their mind, these demonic lies of suicide. I bind it off of them in the name of Jesus. I declare you will not die but live and declare the wonderful works of the lord in your life that you do not belong to satan you belong to jesus that everything about you is perfect everything about you is beautiful that your life is worth living and i speak greatness over you i speak a renewed identity over you I speak a renewed passion, and I bind off of you an orphan spirit. God is binding an orphan spirit off of you right now. In Jesus' name, I bind an orphan spirit off of you. You You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. You will not be alone. I speak a renewed vision right now in Jesus' name. I bind the enemy that's come against your thoughts and I speak healing over you. I declare the blessings of God over you. Come on church, we declare the peace of God over you. We declare the destiny of God over your life, Ephesians 1 and 11 that you have a unity with Christ and you have a godly inheritance with him. And saying you have no authority over their future. Begin to show them in visions and dreams all you're going to do in their life. And I speak life, I speak freedom, and I speak peace. And it is done now. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen about it. Praise the Lord! Come on, somebody, praise the Lord. I I, I know I've gone long, but just let me pray for one more thing. I want to pray for anyone in here who's dealing with addiction. Anyone in here that's dealing with addiction, I want you to just come. We We want to get you free of addiction. In Jesus' name. It takes a lot of humility. life that you can't say no to. If you can't say no to it, you're a slave to it. If you can't tell it no, you're a slave. And God doesn't want you to be a slave. God wants you to be free. So if you're here and you're dealing with any kind of addiction, I want you to come now and get free of that in Jesus' name. Can we cheer them on as they come? Come on, put your hands together. Come now. Just come now. Any kind of addiction. Come to the front. I've got 10 more people that need to be up here. The Lord's telling me to wait on you. I, lo- I, love, I, love, I love you, but the Lord and the Lord loves you more. That's why he's telling me to wait. I just want you to step out and come now, anybody. You're dealing with an or something you know God wants to set you free from. And if you could do it on your own, you already would have, but God's... God's got you here tonight for this purpose and he wants to set you free. Come now, there's two more. Come on, just step out and come. Come on, cheer them on as they come. I want you to cheer them on as they come. Come now. The Lord loves you. I got five more. Five more, just come now. I'm gonna wait on you just about another minute. Another minute. Just another minute. The Lord's Lord's got me waiting on you. He loves you that much that he wants me to wait. Just step out and come. I'm gonna pray for you. Pray so proud of you guys. So proud of you. The Lord's gonna set you free. Isn't there, a, isn't there a freedom in here tonight? Come on. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? I'll just wait. I'll just wait another 15 seconds. Just step out and come. Let's just, just come get healed. You don't need to carry it anymore. Just come get healed. Amen. Isn't this beautiful? People always say, oh, the Holy Spirit's weird. The Holy Spirit's not weird. The Holy Spirit's beautiful. What's weird about seeing people free? Come on, amen. Isn't that a beautiful thing? It's
0: a beautiful thing.
1: Notice I'm not foaming at the mouth. I'm not. My eyes aren't rolling back in my head. And we're all flowing in the Holy Ghost and people are getting healed and delivered and set free. Amen. So just lift your hands a little bit. Just lift your hands. Stretch forth your hands to these amazing people we right now break off of you every lie that Satan has spoken over you. Every lie that has told you your destiny will never come to fruition. Ephesians 1 and 11 says that you have a union with Christ and that you have an inheritance. And I bind off of you the lie that makes you feel like you have no inheritance. That will make you cheapen that word declares that before you were even born that there was a destiny that God had for your life that you are not a failure that you are not insignificant That God's plan and purpose for your life is real and we now break off of you every stronghold of addiction to substance pornography, anger, lies, we break off of you so uh, low self-esteem that makes you feel you need this in order to be happy because we now put into you the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is now your strength. You are not what you did. You are who God says you are and you can do what God said you can do and you can have what God said you can have. God is now going to fill that void with creativity, wisdom, insight, revelation, thoughts, business strategies. You're going to be successful in so many areas of your life. And God is now pouring on this fire. It's like a fire, a, a raging fire that's in your, in your soul that you've not been able to put out and the Holy Spirit is literally pouring on it Healing waters and those fires are literally going out right now. It's literally just being extinguished by the Holy Spirit. And you are now being freed by the power of the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. It will not shape your identity, it will not shape your thoughts. God has literally placed songs down on the inside of you to heal nations. And it's a small thing, but it's got a strong hold And I bind it off of you in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. There's freedom happening in here tonight. I bind it off of you in the name of Jesus. I speak life over you. I speak healing over you. I speak a renewed passion and a renewed zeal over you like never before. That you are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. That God's hand is on your life and Satan cannot have you. He cannot have you. He cannot touch you. I speak freedom over you right now in the name of Jesus. I speak freedom over you. Right now in the name of Jesus, I speak freedom over you. Right now in the name of Jesus, there are prophecies that were spoken over you when you were a child a child and you have run from it. and God is now going to release the power of those prophecies over your life that you need them the most and God's gonna give you a renewed identity in Christ as you walk in freedom and you're literally going to heal men you're going to be a healer to so many men authority over every lie of the enemy that has told her she will not have children. We bind that lie off of her in the name of Jesus. And we declare the blessing of God, the fruit of God into her life. Bless her and her husband. And Father, we speak life into her.
0: In the name of Jesus. The
1: That'll have to use them to heal. You're going to heal young people. And you have a prophetic voice. You you are playing the guitar, but you're not just supposed to be playing the guitar. You're also supposed to speak. You're supposed to speak. I see you speaking. I literally see you speaking. And you feel like you're supposed to be in the back, but God's called you to be in the front. And you're going to heal people with your words. And so literally, You need to start spending time with God because He's going to start showing you things about people to encourage them, and young people. And you're going to be one of the most courageous young people I've ever seen in my life. God's going to show you in visions and dreams what He's going to do in other people, and you're going to be a leader. Praise the Lord. So Lord, I just speak this over Him right now in the name of Jesus. I bind the enemy that would come against his thoughts and his mind and I declare, God, that you would take him to multiple nations to declare the word of God. Father, that his voice would not hit the ground, but you would use him in the supernatural, Lord, to do miracles, signs, and wonders at a young age. Lord, that the words that have been spoken over his life, Lord, will be written on his heart, that he would have a zeal and a passion for you like never before, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You're gonna be very blessed. I see you being very blessed. You're going to be very wealthy. You're going to be very wealthy. I'm serious. You're going to be very wealthy. You're going to be very blessed. And God's going to use you to help fund ministry all over the world. All over the world. And he's given you a gift of creativity. And you have the ability to sense and feel pain in other people. You can literally look at people and sense and feel their pain. And so God's going to use you to go to them and heal them and be a word of encouragement to. So you're going to have to have the courage at a young age to speak over them and lay your hands on them. Is it okay that we pray for your pastor's family? Because if there's anything that can destroy a pastor, it's Satan attacking their children. 1,500 pastors pastors quit the ministry every month in America. Every month in America, 1,500. And most of the time it's because the enemy got to their children but that's not gonna happen in this house because there's thousands of people that are covering their pastor and their family in prayer. So God's gonna use you and you're gonna have to, you're gonna, you've, you've, got, a, you've got, you're like a gentle warrior. So you've got like a gentle spirit, but you're also a warrior. And, and you two have to remain close all the, all the days of your life. And so I now take authority over any envy and strife and frustration and I speak unity among them. And, and God's going to use you. You're going to be a great healer to a lot of young people at a young age. So God's not waiting for you to turn 18 and 20 and 30 before he uses you. So instead of being on your way to minister, you got to minister on your way. you got to do this on your way. And as you do it, God's going to use you. He's going to reveal things to you in your life. You're going to be very blessed. You're going to be very successful. Remember me when you're successful. But God's going to use you in amazing ways amazing ways and you're gonna have that heart that heart of compassion is what's gonna drive you to know what to find and what to do and so you're gonna you're gonna be around people who are very successful at a young age most of your friends will always be older than you and don't let that bother you don't let that intimidate you because that's God's gonna they're gonna speak wisdom into you and so seek that be hungry for it Lord I now put around them a hedge of protection let no harm no plague no disease no destruction come out of their dwelling Father, they would be, be covered. Their eyes would be covered. Their ears would be covered. Their hearts would be covered. Lord, that you'd fill them, with a double portion of anointing in your spirit. That they would be blessed all the days of their life. Father, that you would keep them in the palm of your hand. And just put a, Lord, literally a wall of fire around them. And Lord, let them see miracles at a young age. Let them be exposed to your presence at a young age. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Where's, 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 um, is she here yet? Oh, she left us. Okay, that's okay, she's okay. Stretch forth your hand to your your pastors. We're gonna do this in the, put your hands on on your parents. We're We're gonna pray for them. So Father, right now in Jesus' name, I bless his family. Father, I ask that you would heal heal Lord after all these years of ministry Lord I know what it's like every pain every hurt every disappointment father I ask for a healing over them God they got into this to change hearts and change lives God what you showed them years ago Lord, bring it to fruition Lord you're just getting started with them it's just starting Lord, the things that they'll do, the places that they'll go, the people and the miracles that they will see. Lord, let this place be known for the miracles, the presence of God. Let pastor's words never hit the ground. Lord, that when he says something, we as a church, Lord, would carry this cause and this anthem, that we would make sure it becomes a reality. Give him men and women that would stand in the gap give him men and women that would defend the vision and the cause of christ father bring paymasters in from the north the south the east and the west to fund the vision supernaturally jesus father i thank you that you're faithful to begin a good work and you're faithful to complete it into the day of jesus christ and as their days are gone so shall their strength be i bless them lord that they will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field Lord that their voice would go to nations and I declare it do something great God right here from this this little town father this amazing city right here in West Virginia let this word go around the nation for what you're able to do through these amazing people in Jesus name amen amen amen, amen. amen. come on give God a praise sir
2: Wow, I'm about half-wrecked, so can we give God one more gigantic praise for all that he did in this room tonight? Pastor Jonathan and Joanne, we are so thankful for the gift that you are to us as friends, but also to the body of Christ. If you're thankful for Pastor Jonathan and Joanne Brozazog, come on, can you let them? Love how they just allow the Holy Spirit to flow through them. I'm, I'm not going to do like a formal dismissal. I don't know how you dismiss a service like this. Um, how many were blessed to be here tonight? I know I'm fumbling over my words and can't get my train of thought, but how many is planning on coming back for night two? <laughs> Man. I believe God's going to meet us each and every night, and I, I, I said, one of my prayers coming into this revival was, God, we want you to do something new, something I didn't want to, like, come up with what it looked like, because I wanted to experience God in a way that I hadn't, and tonight I watched people being ministered to, and it was so beautiful, and I know God is going to continue to move in this place in a very powerful way. So here's my encouragement as we, we prepare to leave. I want you to come back tomorrow night ready to worship God. We're not going to put him in a box. We're going to let God be God. But I want you to bring at least one person with you. One person. I want you to find one person that you could bring with you. It may be a family member, a neighbor. It may be a coworker. But bring them. How many know that in this kind of presence of God, all things are possible? I love Pastor Jonathan. Pastor Joey, I love you guys. Thank you so much. I hope you guys have an incredible night. Tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. God bless you.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, Bethesdachurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.